Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. I just want to read a verse or so to you. This is John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, and without Him was nothing made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all of mankind. And the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm very glad that the darkness has not overcome the light. I, I, I want to read one more. I, I preached on this the other Thursday, but I want to read it again. I want to read it again because it's in the Bible so you don't just read it once. Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though a war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing, somebody say one thing. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. One thing, this is my my thought for today one thing have I desired and that will I seek after you seek after whatever you desire that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple one more verse can you take one more Matthew chapter 6 verse 22 the light, the light, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, then your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, then the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? That means when you're wrong and you think you're right, you're really wrong. No man can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and money all of these verses really are connected together and hopefully in the next few moments I'm, I'm going to connect them for you God bless you you may be seated everybody thank you guys let's clap for our team up here today all of our um, th these verses are are very much connected and um, I just kind of want to put them to you uh, in this context that um, that the light comes to overcome the darkness and darkness cannot overcome the light so having read that and then when we were going through Psalms 27 uh, the other Thursday evening and I started thinking about the Lord is my light the Lord is my light and my salvation and as I was reading through this, and it has to do with the strength and not fearing and not being troubled, he comes to this part when it writes, this one thing. Somebody say one thing. He said, this one thing have I desired, and this will I seek after. This one thing 
have I desired, and this will I seek after. Whatever you desire, you seek. Mm. Whatever you seek, you will find. <laughs> you better be careful what you desire, because whatever you desire, you will seek. And when you seek it, you're going to find it. It's not hard to find trouble. It's not hard to find dysfunction. It's not hard to find what you don't want, but you didn't find it because you didn't want it. Uh, part of the problem that we have is um, allowing people to act like they found stuff they wasn't seeking. Like somehow somebody brought that evil over to your house. You was the one seeking it. That's how you found it. You wouldn't have found it if you were desiring something else. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. You know, I always get a little bit nervous because I have this thing about pastoring people that feels like I'm supposed to give godly counsel from the pulpit even when y'all don't want it. And you know that troubles me. But I'm going for it. And then after today, 2020 will be a better year. I've been on this thing about what it really means to serve God. And part of my attempt is to talk to church people about taking your faith from the realm of being a hobby to being something that is holy. This is the part y'all ain't gonna like. Because, you, because one thing will I desire and that will I seek after. I watch people who don't realize that you are setting in motion trouble for your children. Because their hobbies which are really an extension of your dysfunction, are more important in your family than faith. Well, that was enough for today. I, I don't want to walk down this road with you because I can feel you arguing with it. This is the problem. If your eye is not single, then your body is full of darkness. And how dark is that darkness when you want to fight back over things that are supposed to be delivering you? If your eye is single, if you have on your list one thing, do I desire? And that one thing will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord. How many arguments do we have to go through in this generation about, well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not, I, don't, I don't really belong to a church? Faithful to your hobbies, but not faithful to church. Now, spend more money on little clubs. This one thing have I desired, and the one thing will I seek after. Now, I'm a proponent for people being well-rounded. 
And I believe that having music lessons, being part of sports clubs, being a part of all kinds of different things are beneficial to a person's life. I believe in that. It's, it's what happens when they move into a level that crowds out the one thing that you are supposed to be desiring. And so we're, we're living in this kind of a time and we're living in this kind of moments when people feel like it's easy to put the things of God down here on a lower level until they need it. <laughs> Somebody say, the Lord is, the Lord is my light my and my salvation. So the Bible said, if your eye is single, then your whole body. What that means is if my focus is right and the one thing that I desire is to seek after God and to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and to inquire and to see his beauty and holiness. If, if, this, if this is my one desire, then my whole body is filled with light. That means everything else in my life is going to be all right if I put the right thing first. I, that, that's Matthew chapter 6. You see, I'm reading that. You see that. And because you guys know, just a few verses after that is Matthew 6, 33. Yes. Seek first the kingdom, and all of these other things will be added unto you. I, I'm, I'm, I really don't want to trouble you because I want to talk about culture for a minute. I really don't want to trouble you with all of this. But, but it, it's amazing to me how people who profess to be God seekers put everything else in front of God came to talk about that. It's my, my uh, after Christmas present to you. Um, because things are important, but things are also culture. So when, when culture gets in front of kingdom, did you hear me? When culture gets in front of kingdom, then we are unable to deal with your culture because it's not submitted to the kingdom. So we have, we have a culture of education. Education is good. You need to learn something. But education does not supersede kingdom. Bishop, why are you talking like that? Do you know how many young people that grow up in churches that lose their faith the first year they go to college? Huh? And don't go to church for about three years? Because they always got a class? They always got a test? Because somebody taught them that that's important. Do you know how many young people lose their faith when they get their first job? Their first love or their first car? Y'all are really quiet up in here. Isn't it amazing how they can get a fast food job that only gives them seven hours a week to work and four of them have to be on Sunday? And somehow somebody taught them that you can serve God and money. You can't serve God and McDonald's. You can't serve God and Big Macs. 
You can't serve God in BG and serve God in UT. Talk to me in here. The number of things that crowd into that space. I'm just trying to get you ready for 2020. Because I don't want you running around talking about God's going to bless everything that I do when what you're doing is not for God. Somebody should tell somebody that. Preach, Bishop. All right. So culture becomes very important. Culture is important because culture is what you call normal. Whatever you call normal, you cannot be delivered from. You cannot be delivered from it until you realize it is not normal. It might be your experience, but it is not normal. It is not normal for your family functions to involve law enforcement. It might be your experience, but it is not it is not normal for your kids to know how to pick up your phone and dodge bill collectors. When a seven-year-old knows how to tell the collection agency, my mama who's sitting right here is not around. That is a culture. It might be your experience, but it's not normal. Talk to me in here. Whatever you call normal... You cannot be delivered from. Jesus calls us out of the darkness and into the light. Anybody ever have the lights come on? And you go, oh my goodness, this is not supposed to be normal. That's when you begin to change. Because you can be delivered from it. When your eye becomes single and you say, I'm seeking after the things of God. Culture is drastically important. People can live in the same zip code and have a different culture in their house. Trouble does not have a zip code. You can live in quote unquote a good zip code, whatever that is. You can have a good zip code and have a lot of trouble. And you can live in a bad zip code, whatever that is. And be at peace. It has to do with the culture that is in that house. Oh my goodness. You can raise good kids around bad people. And bad kids can come up around good people. It has to do with the culture. Culture then becomes determined by what is rewarded. And, why, and what is refused? Would you get rewarded for bad behavior? You continue it. When you get refused because of bad behavior, you stop it. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in there. It's important to me because culture then, I'm going to give you, our, we're going to re review our 11 culture points here one mo moment at a time. On the last Sunday of this year because what makes a difference in the churches that we are experiencing and exposed to is the culture of the house watch this 
Um, those of you that, that, that study any kind of medicine and, and all of those things know that, that when, you, when you take a Petri dish and then you put bacteria in it so that you can study it, it's called a culture. It's called a culture because in that closed environment, you can develop something faster, generationally they would call it. You can have many generations of reproduction inside of a culture that takes a lot longer outside of that culture. So when, when the church is the culture of the kingdom, you can affect generations in a shorter period of time that would take hundreds of years outside of that culture. That means you can break generations of curses and failures and breakdowns quickly if you get into the right culture. So people sometimes pick things like um, schools that they go to or businesses they work at, pick them by the culture of that place, right? Restaurants have certain cultures. You know how you're going to be treated in some places and other places it's a guess. That's the culture. Most of us have been through enough fast food places to know the picture and what you get are not the same thing. I just want the hamburger to be on the same bun. I, I, how hard is it to make the hamburger be on the bun rather than halfway off of it? It's halfway. How to get halfway off? The cheese is on the other side. What happened? The picture looks beautiful. That's a culture. That's a culture. But you can't get away with that everywhere. Somebody will make you better. What I say about the church is that churches preach primarily out of the same Bible. Churches have some kind of music, ways of receiving offering and worship and things like that. What makes the difference is what kind of a culture are we in? Mm, I'll give you a few examples. There are some churches that have a culture of complaining. And I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of churches for a long time. And the way that they get the pastor's attention is they quit going to church. You understand what I'm talking about? Y'all ain't never been to that church? And then they, they lay out a church about three or four weeks because they want the pastor to call them. And so that's how they get his attention. So he doesn't have any time to develop leaders. All the people that have leadership skills are starving because he's chasing around somebody that didn't like the color of the carpet. So you, you guys know what I've told you for 30 years. If you lay out a church waiting for a call from me, you're going to die of old age. I ain't calling nobody. How can you develop leaders when you give your energy to people who are problematic? That's a church culture. I said that's a church culture. And maybe it, maybe it came out of your home culture where you got people's attention by pouting or throwing a fit. But that becomes a culture. All right, so I want to talk to you about having a healthy culture, and I'm going to go through these, and then I'm going to let you all go. Okay, here we go. Are you all ready? You guys should, you guys should know these, but, but uh, these are our, we have 11 major culture points, and I'm going to take just a minute or two with each one of them, okay? Number one is we are audacious in our faith, right? We are audacious. This is a faith culture. 
You have to know that about us or you're going to be, you're going to be confused about us. This is a faith culture. <laughs> we dare to believe that God will do what he said he would do. When we speak, heaven invades the earth. If you, if you don't know that we're a faith culture, you're going to be confused because you're always going to need a graph and a chart and some kind of schematic and some kind of plan and some kind of something. We have plans, we have ideas, we have all of that. But at the end of the day, we are a faith culture. Every year that I can remember, we go into a new year talking about this is going to be my best year ever. We don't do that because it's silly. We do it because we are a faith culture and we believe God can do anything. And my best days are still in front of me. And so we are a faith culture. We believe what you can't see. We ain't waiting for you. We believe. I said, we believe. We believe mountains are moving and walls are coming down. We believe this is a faith culture. It's a faith culture. You have to understand this is a faith culture. Number two, number two is we are mosaic. We are mosaic. We are radically diverse in age, ethnicity, and background. Our individual uniqueness makes us stronger together. This is our culture. This is our culture because we have a kingdom culture. We don't have a black culture. We don't have a white culture. We don't have a Hispanic. And by the way, we don't have a, a, an American culture. God is not an American. In case somebody didn't tell you that. God is a global God. Thank you. I, I thank you. I know. I know. I feel, I feel your pain. Whatever. We have 30 different nations represented in this church today. Why? Because we are a mosaic church. Always have been, always will be. Because we don't believe that you get to turn your preference into God's opinion. When you take your preference and turn it into God's opinion, you create a prejudice. And God is so diverse, he likes what you like, and you like what he likes, and he likes stuff you ain't found out about yet. And the good thing about being a mosaic people is that Elder people are blessed by younger people. Younger people are blessed by older people. Black people and white people find each other at the table. Hispanic people and Asian people, people from Africa and people from India, all find, everybody gets to bring something to the table so you're not eating a bologna sandwich every day. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. If, if, if you don't like it, you're going to get upset. You, you, you have to know, you have to know, you have to know who you're dealing with over here. Isaiah chapter 2, th find this verse for me. This is the founding verse of our, of our church. Isaiah chapter 2, shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And all, what? All nations, ethnos, all ethnic groups shall flow into it. Come on. And many, how many? many? And many people shall go and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, come on, and he shall judge amongst the nations, the ethnic groups, and shall correct many people. Here we go, here we go. This is, this is your one chance to shout all day long. And they shall beat their swords. Uh-uh, you missed it. They shall beat their... 
swords into pruning hooks. And ethnic groups shall not lift up their sword against ethnic, neither shall, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. He said, I'm going to take your instruments of war and turn it into an instrument of harvest. I will take your sword and turn it into a into a pruning hook. God says, there's coming, there's coming a day when the mountain of the Lord's house is established the way it's up above the other mountains. Above your desire for credibility, above your desire for money, above your desire for education, above your desire to be famous, above your desire to be accepted by Hollywood, above your desire to be accepted by race groups, to be above your desire to be just aligned with a political party. God said, I'm going to raise my house up over every one of them, and then everybody's coming to it, and then I'm going to take instruments of warfare and turn them into instruments of harvest. Hallelujah. 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 Verse number five. <laughs> o house of Jacob, come you and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Got it? Number three. We are both. That means we're involved locally and globally. Some people have a mentality for missions. Some people have a desire for their neighborhood. We're both. We have global projects and we have local projects. We are involved locally and globally. Our neighborhood starts in the greater Toledo and stretches the lengths of the world. We will bless all of humanity with the same compassion Christ has shown us. You know what I wanted, I should have done, I was thinking about it the other day and I just didn't get around to it because, uh, you know, we have our, our Cornerstone Academy that we built in Ghana. In a village where the kids had no access, A, to clean water and B, to education. When you don't have education, then you are relegated to a life of poverty. So we decided to build a school there. But before we built the school, we built a clean water well. If you go back down, back down the hallway in our life skills area, you'll see pictures of Pastor Kathy over there helping to dedicate the water well. Because whenever we do something like that, we send people so you all know that we, we're for real about it. Because I believe in healing, laid hands on a lot of people. But if you go hold a healing revival in an area and pray for a bunch of sick people and then leave and they have to go back to drinking unclean water, they're going to be sick again. So we put in a clean water well. After we put in the clean water well, we built a school, Cornerstone Academy. Then when we found out the teachers were walking 10 miles to teach those kids, we bought a motorcycle. Not just so they could get to school, but so they could also start a business. <laughs> then everybody wanted to be a teacher. And then we put in the first, this is the picture that I wanted to show you on this particular series. I just got uh, a little negligent on it. But we have a picture back here in the hallway 
when we put in a solar panel and put in light bulbs in the school, it is the first, uh-uh, the first light bulb these kids had ever seen. They had never seen a light come on. No, you, you missed that. I know, I know, you got stuff to complain about. They had never seen a light come on. And so we put that solar panel in, and we have a picture back here. You should go back there sometime. And the kids are pointing up to it because the light came on. But the light coming on means that we could also have classes at night. Uh, the light coming on means we could also hook up computers. No, y'all, y'all missing me. We have global projects. How many people did we send to Haiti? How many people have, have we sent to uh, Jamaica? How many people have we sent on disaster? We, we, we do all of that kind of stuff. How many people, how many wild jams have we had in this city? I think every, ch every child in this city has had a bicycle and a haircut and a marshmallow <laughs> from a wild jam. Those of you who don't know what that is, that's winning our world through Jesus and music. But anyway, so we have, we have local projects and we have global. You have to know that about us. You have to know that about us if you're going to roll with us. Next one. We are all on the bus. Tell somebody, get on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just get on the bus, Gus. We're on the bus. United, we purpose to fulfill the vision that God has given us to accomplish. We intentionally focus on where we agree. Get on or get off. We on the bus. I said we're all on the bus. We're on the bus. When you get on the bus, it already has the destination up in the window. If you don't want to go where we go and get off the bus, Gus, this ain't a taxi. This ain't Uber. Where you get to tell the leaders where to take you. You got to get on the bus. And we like that about us. I feel like I'm rhyming a little bit. Hey, Gus, we like that about us. We're all on the bus. Don't make such a fuss. All right, next one. We are naturally supernatural. Yes, we are. We believe the gifts of heaven are available to all believers. And their demonstration is, is a natural extension of the Christian life. It is not weird. It is powerful. If you are a believer in Jesus, you have access to a supernatural realm that causes you to know what other people don't know, pray how other people don't pray, see what other people don't see, and you ain't got to be spooky, weird, goofy, flaky, or snap, crackle, and pop to do it. It's who we are. We are naturally supernatural. We believe in the power of God. We believe that God has signs and wonders for his people. We believe that God works in our lives and that you have access to it. You don't have to be at, a, at some kind of a special level to have access to it. You don't have to have a special title to have access to it. All you got to do is believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. And then you can speak prophetically over your kids. You could be a situational pastor on your job. 
you ain't got to you ain't got to have the trouble of running a church you ain't got to be licensed you ain't got to be a part of a denomination god just drops you into the middle of a workplace and says i want you to pastor these people right here you are a situational pastor you might be a situational evangelist you ain't got to have a card you ain't got to have a newspaper article you ain't got to have a facebook page all you got to do is get everybody around you saved all right next one next one we are outside the box we are forward-thinking people willing to push boundaries and think creatively to spread the message of Christ that's who we are we try stuff we try stuff that we didn't try we try stuff that we wish we wouldn't have tried that means we try stuff and sometimes it don't work and we're good with it because it's better to fail forward than it is to sit still I'd rather get out of the I'd rather get out of the boat and at least try to walk on the water so we try all kind of ideas we try all kind of ideas because we're forward-thinking you, you, you can't reach a Netflix world with a blockbuster mentality Talk to me in here. That means we have to be willing to try something new. You have to be willing to do something to get to people. Rather than just doing the same thing. And you and I can have the discussions as to, yes, we should live. It used to be in America, you could stand in a room full of people and say, the Bible says, and you had everybody's attention. But that's before they were raised by deadbeat parents at tired churches and sent to public schools that talk them out of their faith. So now when you say to them, the Bible says, they start from the position of they don't believe the Bible. So you have to back your way into it. You have to show it to them first and then relocate it for them. You have to find people where they're at and be able to be salt and to be able to be light and to realize that you are a Bible. You are an epistle. Read of all men. And so you become the book. You become the message. And you can show them what you don't know about theology. You can show them what God has done for you. And whatever you have to do, get outside the box. Get outside the box. And that's the kind of church that we are. So you have to be, you have to be good with that. All right. Let's do another one. We are world class. We don't have any excuses about that. We believe through excellence we show the brilliance and greatness of God. We are punctual, we are top notch, and we are all in. World class. That means, that means we don't do what we do for God halfway. Because mm -mm, our eye is single. This one thing do we desire to us excellence is not the same thing as perfection mm -mm. excellence is a spirit excellence is an attitude excellence is doing the best with what God gives you at any given time and doing it as unto the Lord we were excellent in our storefront with 70 people that wouldn't be excellent now 
But it's what we, but we did the best that we could with what we had then. But we always had the spirit of excellence. Most people, when, when faith becomes a hobby and their eye is not single, they think that because you do something for God, it's the fact that you wanted to do it that makes it count. And you go to churches, and it's a bun- bunch of handwritten, misspelled signs up all over the building. Mail shoved up under the door. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. People doing stuff that don't have any ability to do it because no one has ever created a culture that says, if you're going to do it for God, and if you're going to do it here, you're going to have to do it like you have some sense. Oh, yes. I'm getting to that next one because I felt that tighten up when I, when I read that word because that word over there, punctual. Because we want everything to be excellent when we get here. Whenever that is. Punctuality is the virtue of princes. Being late is arrogant for you to think that other people should have to wait on you. What some people should tell you is that the world ain't going to wait on you. And the people that can afford to be late the least are late the most. Just taking a moment with it because um, you don't take your kids to school late because your eye is single. They can't play on a sports team if they're always late because that's important to you. You would be amazed at the number of opportunities you miss because you're late. There were people, I'll give you a Bible verse, that'll help you. There are people in the Bible that knew it was getting ready to flood when it started raining. You know why they didn't get in that ark? They were late. The Bible said Noah went into the ark and shut the door. And then it started raining. Then they all come running up and knocking on the door. Noah said, late. So I'm just working on that for you. Because you'll be amazed at the people that don't get a job because you went to the interview late. And most people that have sense wouldn't hire you just because if you showed up at the interview late, I mean, my Lord, go the day ahead of time, make sure you know how to get there. Somebody, I got lost on my way here. You should have, what you, well, you ain't got a job. Drive around the block the day before. Praise the Lord. We're punctual. Top notch. And we're all in. That means that the commitment of leadership of this church matches your commitment. If you're halfway in, we're halfway with you. If you here sometime, out sometime, we're here for you sometime, we're not sometime. If you're all in, we're all in. Thank you very much. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. Because, because it's amazing the culture that some people will have. I had a person one time, this is years ago. Y'all don't mind if I tell a few stories today, do you? I'm going to. So I remember a person called me one time and they said, um, I'm upset with you 
And I said, okay. There's a, there's a whole line, you know. And um, they said, well, I was in the hospital on Tuesday. And uh, nobody came to see me. I said, where, guess where I was at on Tuesday? They said, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know where you're at on Tuesday. And you don't know where I'm at on Tuesday. Only way for us to know where you're at is to call and let somebody know. Shall I take it to another level? It's the last Sunday of the year. 2020, I'm going to be nice. That's, that's my New Year's resolution. 2020, I'm going to be nice. Because somebody one time said, I've been out of church for seven weeks, and you didn't even notice. See, I don't do good when you try to blame shift on me. Because I've been a fairly decent pastor for 35 years. So I, I said to them, how is it that your participation in the church is so insignificant that you can be gone for seven weeks and I don't notice that? How did that become my fault? There are people, if they're 15 minutes late, I notice, because they're involved. If you can be gone for seven weeks and don't nobody notice it, that can't be my fault. Do we have any more of these? Let me see. Okay, let's, let's, do, let's do another one. We got two more. Or three, maybe. I don't know. We're people of honor. We are people of honor. We have a culture of honor here. You don't get to act up, throw off on people. We show honor and respect to all people because God values them, period. We believe in a culture of honor. Whatever you honor, you attract. Whatever you dishonor runs away from you. Allowing dishonor in your house is like raising a tiger cub that is cute when it's little while you're feeding it, but when it grows up, it's going to eat all y'all. We live in a nation and a generation that celebrates the lewd, the crude, the dishonorable, and people feel like they have the right to be dishonorable. You can disagree with someone without being dishonorable. And people will brag about who they told off and how I told them. We are, but we have a culture of honor here at the church. All right. Number nine, we are serious about generosity. We're serious about that. Giving is in our DNA. Whether it's money, time, or resources, we sow what God has given us to accomplish the vision. We're serious about that. We're serious about that. I would tell people, do not marry a man that is not a tither. If God can't trust him with money, how can you trust him with your life? If you will steal from God, Lord only knows what you'll do to me. That's a basic giving principle. There's something being stingy and or materialistic is a psychological dysfunction. It is not normal. We have a culture of generosity. We sow and we are a blessing. Everybody say, I'm a blessing. All right, number 10, we are not a show. 
Some of you are figuring that out today. We are not a show. We are engaged and passionate. We believe that every member has an important role to play. All hands on deck because together our efforts are multiplied. We are not a show. We are not a show. We believe in participatory services. That the learner has to be as active as the teacher. That nothing can happen to you by accident. You can't come to church and think something is going to happen for you or to you when you are not engaged in the process. And so we are not a show. I'm not up here trying to preach. I'm not running for nobody's office. I ain't trying to get, I ain't trying to get, you know, popularity contest points. I'm here to help whoever God has entrusted for me to help and to put us in the right position for God to bless every person that is here. And we can't do that by being a show and always auditioning for a position. I am not auditioning for a position. I am doing what God gave me to do. And I'm going to be helping everybody that I can help. Some Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> we are not a show. I got one more. Can, how many can take one more? All right. How many were done about three points ago? All right. One more. We are history makers. It's our last one. We are history makers. As leaders, we refuse to leave our city or our world without leaving a mark on the generation to come. We are history makers. When the history... Of this city is written. And we are dead and gone. It will not be able to be written. Without including our. Participation. In it. Because we didn't come to leave it the same way that we found it. We came to change it. We came to make a difference. We came to move the culture and to believe that because we are here, because we are here, anything great can happen. Somebody say, I am, I am. A, barrier a barrier breaker. Whoever will take that word, just throw your hand up right there. If you're a barrier breaker, you're going to break a barrier. 2020, you're going to break a barrier. How many ceiling shatterers do we have in the building? You're going to shatter that ceiling. That other people could not shatter. You're going to tear a hole in that roof. You're going to move that mountain. How many, how many people are limitation lifters? You can be told your whole life what your limits are. How far you can go. What you can accomplish. But when you start walking in the light. And your eye becomes single. And the Lord is your light and your salvation. You can say I will move barriers. I will break through levels. I will change everything in front. If you got to be the first one in your family to own your own house, if you got to be the first one in your family to graduate from school, if you got to be the first one to keep your family together, if you got to be the first one, somebody has to do it. I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.